If you heard that little ditty of music, that means that we were back in your ear again. For let's get spiritual. Let's get spiritual, where we believe everything has something to do with spirituality because we're spiritual beings, we right, are. Brother T? Mm-hmm. You're exactly right. So I'm uh, Dr. D. And, and I'm Brother T. Brother T. Uh, the two of us make the dynamic duo here, answering all your spiritual questions. We're sages sitting on top of a mountain, which you have come to offer us a lotus flower and learn of the things of the universe. Is that what this is about? Wow. <laughs> How long have you thought about that? Intro? No, that just came right off the top of my head, brother. Wow, yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I can't sit that way because one knee won't bend. And so that I can't ever be a monk. Exactly. No, yeah. <laughs> I could be a sage, but not a monk. If I got in that position, it would take, take three chiropractors. I, someone would have to push yeah, you over yeah. so you could roll off a mountain. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. Maybe you'd eventually straighten up. <laughs> We're just having fun here. Hey, yes. uh, White Oak, you're the, past, the church that you pastor has been kind of incognito lately, doing a little bit online because right. of some COVID outbreak. Is that ending? It is. Uh, we've been online only for the past two weeks, and this Sunday, thankfully, we will be back in person. There you go. And so we're excited about that. Yeah. How did that go, by the way? I mean, I did that once for you, and I did not enjoy it. No, I do not like preaching to a camera. No. Yeah. Now, the praise team is in there. Okay. And so, you know, but they're pretty other dead, though. They don't really. No, I'm just, I get it. Joke. <laughs> You need some. Uh, you need some encouragers, some yeah, ameners in there, some right? Corner, and, yeah. um, and your, so, your praise team encourages me when I preach right. there. So yeah, they're good. Um, do they turn around and encourage you when you sure, preach? Sure, of course. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. If you listen to Sunday or watch Sunday, you, you'll hear some amens from the praise team. No way. Yes, yes, and uh, and so yes. Now you preach somewhere Sunday as well. I did. I was going to go look it up. But I haven't found it yet because I there's. I think I've been there maybe five times. Wow. At Von Orr, there in kind of, uh, it's about an hour and a half from my house, mm-hmm. just south of Knoxville, beautiful wow. area. And I had the opportunity to preach up there on the applause of men. I mm-hmm. took a message from back 1993. Hmm. Uh, I went back and looked at notes, uh, preached for the text of 1 Samuel 28, where Saul goes to the witch of Endor. Mm. Makes that, I think, with saddest statements uh, in all the scripture because he says, I've come to ask of you because God does not listen to me anymore. Wow. Wow. I mean, and so then I Mm -hmm. talked about the applause of men, Mm -hmm. about how we listen to man so much uh, to the point where we no longer can hear the still small voice of God. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting thing. You can tell me about this because what I'm doing right now is I'm promoting myself. I have no more speaking engagements planned for the rest of the year right now, you know, and, and I'll go stark raving (laughs) mad if I don't have opportunities (laughs) to preach. And so I had, uh, more than typical, but now Von Orr is a wonderful church. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tell, I've enjoyed going up there every time. It's a beautiful drive, wonderful, sweet people, nice church. Mm-hmm. Uh, best crowd up there it was Labor Day. It was the right. best crowd, Labor Day weekend, best crowd since I've been up there. Wow, okay. So that was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had about maybe half a dozen people come up and say this, um, you know, it's different, but I love your preaching style. <laughs> And so, you know, I mean, uh, even as I was walking out the door, a, a person came back to me like they had felt maybe they had insulted me, mm-hmm. but they said, you know, I wasn't saying anything about it. I mean, I, said, I really enjoy your style. I hope you didn't take that wrong. I said, no, I didn't take it wrong. Yeah, yeah. I really don't know how to take it. Right. Other right. than, hear, hear me out. See if, okay. if what I am assuming is correct. Okay. You know, we are in uh, the South, and this is a Baptist church I'm preaching in, mm-hmm. and... 
a lot of times our preaching is characterized as loud, right, and very emotional. Yes, right. Yes. Uh, although I wouldn't, I don't consider yours that way. Actually, I mean, you're louder than I am. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd kill for your voice, brother. I think yeah, I love I'm, your voice. I'm much louder than you are. And, and you got yeah. that deeper voice too. A little bit, so I, yeah. I wish I had that. Yeah. But I mean, I got what God gave me, right? Exactly. You, you, you got to <laughs> play the hand that you've been dealt. <laughs> sort of worked. Like yeah, it worked. Okay. Um, but is it because it's not what they're expecting? Maybe they're expecting a guy to come in there and blazing guns and very evangelistic and giving the plan of salvation half a dozen times through the message, loud, maybe emotional is that is that what people are expecting and they don't get yeah i would say i would say that you know i would say honestly you're not three points in a poem Mm-mm. you know and uh, i don't think you even know a poem and so i got a book of them but no, they just don't make any sense <laughs> no they don't they don't they don't <laughs> i don't think they really get that much so uh, you know your preaching style is different it is different uh, not really baptistic and I think that's why God has just blessed and used it through so much through the years because it is different, you know. And people, uh, people have just uh, flocked to it through the years. Our I didn't. I didn't people. want to do a disservice. Here's yeah. what you know, I don't want to go to church and go. Oh, well, that was a dud. Yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> and there's a half a dozen out of the three hundred there right. that thought it was a good sermon. Everybody else went home and said, "Don't invite yeah. that guy again." <laughs> Or are they are they speaking representative of a larger group in right. the church, and they were just the ones willing to come up mm-hmm. and, and say something? Because I really don't know how else to. Pr- I mean, I do. I can fake yeah. it. Right. We all right. can fake. it. I can yell uh-huh. and hit oh, things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know Stumped that sort of. I did grow up Pentecostal. Yeah. I saw yes, some pretty yeah. wild sermons. Right. And uh, I mean, I literally saw preachers walk the top of the pews. Mm, wow. Preaching while wow. walking the top of the yeah. pews. I actually saw one guy preaching, walking the top of the pews, and laying hands on people on the way back. Oh, my goodness. Now I look back at I think he was just steadying himself. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but it was right. it was coming across as laying yeah. hands on people yeah. as he went back. I mean, I saw some pretty incredible uh-huh. things growing up in preaching. And I kind of, when was called into preaching, I thought... That'd be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I mm-hmm. like that emotional response that people give right, to an emotional right. yeah. message. And I really tried it. And I think I've told you this story, and I've told it a number of times, that I was wearing out as a pastor. I'd done that for several mm-hmm. first first several years of being a pastor. And I remember just being frustrated and God speaking to me in a spot. I could take you to the spot in the church where I pastored, where he said, you know, stop trying to be someone else. Be you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I took the tie off, I took the jacket, right. I put the more casual clothes on, took the big pulpit out, put a lectern in there, sat down sometimes, walked around in the audience sometimes, mm-hmm. and began to share my heart. Right. And it was just, I think it was different for people yeah. to do. And I, But again, my, my idea is I want to go places and people get something mm-hmm. from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have to have the applause of men, yes, given yes, my sermon yes. title. But I, don't, I also don't want to disappoint when I go. So it was just weird. I've not had that. In a long while, someone coming and saying, you know, your style is different. Well, I mean, you know, you don't fit the mold of an Adrian Rogers, a Charles Stanley, a David Jeremiah, a T.D. Great. Thanks, Tony. I lost all my gigs. You don't fit the mold. You are Ken Dugan. Yeah. And you have your own mold. And yeah. and so and again, God has so used it through the uh, through the years. It's amazing, you know. Yeah. And well, so, all right. So I didn't do a disservice. No, as I said a moment ago, our folks love you. And okay. So, yeah. Okay, I'm thinking about change style here. Late in the, you know, it's going to yeah. buy me a polyester suit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> a polyester suit, wide tie. Yeah, wide tie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
poof, poof your hair up. Woo! Yeah, yeah that, that takes some doing now, brother. I need some strong stuff. All right, well, uh, we were talking about something. This I give my wife the credit for this subject. You know, any nothing's out of bounds for us. We we've, we've right. talked about is sexy spiritual and everything mm-hmm. else, you know. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about UFOs and everything. So my wife just was evidently dealing with something and she said, I wish you guys would talk sometime about is God in the details. Yes. Uh-huh. Which is kind of opposite of what people say, the devil in the details. And mm-hmm. I have no idea where the devil in the details comes from. Yeah, me either. And I probably should have looked that up before mm-hmm. this podcast. But you could ask the question, it would mean the same thing. Is the devil in the details? Is God in the details? In right. other words, spiritually speaking, are the details in our life important eternally? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what I do is, typically, I throw you a few questions, let you have the opportunity to think about them. Right, yeah, and I don't really appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> you know, the first one is, does God care uh, about what job, occupation, a career you have? what home you buy, what school you go to, or what spouse uh, you choose, you know. And and I, I think that is an excellent, excellent question. Yeah. And, you know, there are several things that go through my mind. First of all, I was thinking about, you know, God really gives us principles in life, uh, things that, that he lays down uh, that we, we need to follow. But also, I mean, we have to be honest, it says in Thessalonians to pray without ceasing. And so, you know, when we pray without ceasing, what are we praying about? Mm-hmm. We're praying about different things, mm-hmm. you know, different things in our lives that uh, that we're we're thinking about or or going to do. You know, another thing is the Bible says in Luke, uh, what is it, twelve seven, that He knows the number of the hairs on our head. I mean, He knows about the sparrow, right. you know. And so, God is in the details. We know that without a doubt. But I think it's more the principle. When you think about even the spouse, I was thinking, the only two that I can think of in Scripture, Dr. D, is when he told Hosea to marry, I love this name, Gomer. Gomer. Shazam. You know, I I love that. You know, and then when he said for Joseph to marry Mary, there you go, Mary, Mary. You know, and and those are the only two that I can think of. There may be others. Um, you know, uh, but again, it's just principles that we are mm. not to be unequally yoked. You know, uh, I've counseled people before and, and they are married and they said, boy, I tell you what though, I just think God is in this new relationship that I have. Yeah. And, and I'm saying, no, he's not because mm-hmm. he's not going to go against his word. Right. You know, so it's the principle of the thing. What, what say you? Yeah. I think the easy answer is to say yes and move on. Right. Yeah, God is yeah. and there's everything. But I, I think about some examples of, of people who may come to us as, you know, spiritual leaders and say, Hey, I've I've got these two jobs. Mm. This one has these benefits, this one has these and um you know, both of them are good, but but I know that God wants me to have one or the other. Which one should I have? Mm-hmm. And I, in that instance, I'm not sure that God cares. Mm-hmm. If you're taking your testimony to one of those two places, and if God is not giving you an overwhelming sense, that is, if you sought His favor and right. sought, you know, His uh, inclination in the matter, uh, if you don't have a strong feeling one or the other, that's a spiritual strong feeling. I think you could take either job. Mm-hmm. I, I think that maybe God has offered more, and I think that would happen as you were saying with a spouse. There've been guys, you know, there was a song that came out when I was a teenager, "Torn Between Two Lovers." <laughs> <laughs> Please don't sing it. <laughs> I only know that line, so oh, okay, I couldn't good. do it. But uh, I could probably play it here in a minute. <laughs> so 
you know, equally attracted to two different mm-hmm. people. Now, is it the appropriate thing just to pray about till God gives you the answer, or or can you sit down with a piece of paper and say, "Huh, this person offers this, this person offers this. We're going to be strong here. We're going to be strong here." I mean, boy, that, that kind of breaks things down mm-hmm. and takes the romance out out of it, it right? Does, right. You know, and it sounds like it takes God out of it, but does it if you're following particular principles? Do you marry Leah first and Rachel? later, you right, know, yeah, type yeah. situation where, wow, you know, mm-hmm. I've got to do this, but I want to do this right mm-hmm. now. Uh, and you move into home. Do do Does God care if it's at the end of the street? Does God care if it's a very expensive home? Uh, it probably, mm-hmm. probably does. Is it a life changer if you make a wrong decision? Or does, I think it's something God can work around. I think that we worry so much about those decisions. Uh, what... I used to say something about, and I'm sure you said this as well, when people are wanting to be healed, they mm-hmm. tend to seek the healing more than the healer. Right, right. Yeah. Right? And mm-hmm. we, sent te- we tend to seek out the exact decision and direction for our life rather than the one who can give us the wisdom to do that. Mm-hmm. So I think the more that we are close to him, mm-hmm. the more we know uh, his will becomes apparent to us. And I think really these decisions become... Not less important, but more obvious to us. This is where I'm going to go. I'm not. I'm not going to spend days and days and days and weeks and weeks and weeks in prayer on this thing. God's leading my life. This is what it seems to be the apparent right thing to do. That's where I'm going. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we're not going to find Blue Cross Blue Shield anywhere in the Bible or Provident. Right. You know, we're not going to find those words. And, and so, but what we can. Uh, you know, feel is the peace of God. We can feel peace as yeah. we're praying. Yeah. And and I believe sometimes he does. He just slams the door shut, um, you know, if going in that direction is going to be harmful to our family or us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, we're not going to find, uh, you know, go to the University of Tennessee versus University of Georgia. You know, those type, we're not going to find that in the Bible. And sometimes you and I both have this same experience, and we talked a little bit about earlier, that uh, we both pastored, you still do, a Southern Baptist church. Right. Neither of us have Southern Baptist seminary degrees. Exactly. exactly. And I was going to one, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I had a Southern Baptist seminary extension diploma. Mm-hmm which was kind of like a starting place. Right. And then I went on to New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary mm-hmm. and was there for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And uh, quite frankly, the church I was pastoring was growing so rapidly right. that I could no longer go to school full time mm-hmm. and do those things. And then the campus I was uh, attending moved. Right. Yes. And it moved in such a way where it would probably take at least a few more hours because it would be on the other mm-hmm. side of Atlanta in the middle of the day. Um, to get there, and I had to make a decision. Is it more important to pursue that Southern Baptist education mm-hmm. or to be where we're God's blessing? Yeah. God's really using me right. here at this church to for it to grow and reach more people. I ended up going to a non-Southern Baptist school that was not my first choice, mm-hmm. but it was the door that God opened. That's where mm-hmm. I got my doctorate, yep. and you know I taught some there and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But there were repercussions for that. I I was not a part of the club right you right, know yeah. when yes. because i didn't have that 
Southern mm-hmm. Baptist education. Yeah, same thing happened to me. You know, I did not go to a Southern Baptist seminary, so I went to a, a non-Southern Baptist seminary. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, experienced some of the same things that you did as well. And my reasoning for not going was about the same as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, our family had already started uh, when God called me, and so there was similar reasons, and I just couldn't pull out and go um, because God was blessing where we were at that time. Yeah, and I didn't feel like I I, I could. So and maybe so, the the plans that we had made for ourselves did not come to fruition, but right. probably what God had intended for it to happen happened. Yes, I agree. You know, so. when Jesus was talking. Uh, preaching a sermon on the mount matthew six thirty three. but seek you first the kingdom of god and then all of these other things mm-hmm. can be added to you yeah you know, I, I just think if we seek him first i you do know. too i think that's a kind of a broad pattern it as is. well uh-huh. and, and you you want to please god you want to do things according to what he has led you to do and according to his word and then there's some variation the path is at least that path is fairly wide mm-hmm. that you can walk yeah and then he'll take care of the the Secondary things. Yes. C.S. Lewis said, aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you will get neither. <laughs> I like that word. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> yes. That's, I wish I could think like that. I do too. I, do too. <laughs> I well, wish you could. <laughs> what about the second one? Uh, the second question, does God care about our diet? Can we go ahead and skip to the third <laughs> question? Let's go on to three. <laughs> uh, why would I ever say that? Because I yeah. certainly am not in the shape I would... Like to be, but let, let's take it from two or three perspectives. Right. Okay. What about uh, diet in a religious sense, in that you are a faithful believer living in a community where there are, you have Jewish neighbors, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, you don't want to offend them, you don't want to hurt your witness around them, but you're, you know, always grilling pork chops right. out back, yeah, yeah. you know, and offering mm-hmm. it to your neighbors, that mm-hmm. sort of thing, or eating in such a way there, or you're you're amongst a group of very conservative evangelical Christians as well, and you're a spiritual leader, and you see no problem with having a glass of wine with dinner, but they would mm-hmm. think that would send you straight to the you know, pits of hell right, right. to do that. Do yeah. you refrain from the pork chops in front of your Jewish friends? Do you refrain from that glass of wine in front of your fundamentalist Christian evangelical friends? Uh, does God care about that? How do you do that? So let's take it from that perspective first. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, you refrain. You don't want to, you know, blow your opportunity to share Christ, you know. Number one, I, you know, I, I would rather have sweet tea uh, and or a Coca-Cola yeah. uh, as opposed to anything, you know, like wine or anything like that. Now, when you're talking about bacon and pork chops, son. Now, now you, see, you, it's yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. It, where you draw the line. Yeah. It's yeah. not is there a line. It's yeah. where you draw the line. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. You know, uh, the Bible says in First Corinthians ten thirty one, eat and drink and do all. Yeah, do all to the glory of God. Right. And then in Ecclesiastes two twenty four, there is nothing better for a person that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and so the Bible does talk about it. Uh, but then uh, when you think about it, uh, I think it goes right back to. Uh, our witness and the opportunity that we have to to share uh, Christ and reflect yeah. Him. What do you, What do you think? Well, you know, you go to New Testament. Paul says that all things are uh, allowable. Mm-hmm. All things are allowed. Yeah. Like you know, I'm free in Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, "Well, all things are allowable. Not all things are profitable." Right. And so there are occasions when he would restrict 
affect right. his behavior, whether it be eating or where he was going, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. amongst a certain group of people that he would not in front of other mm-hmm. people because he didn't want to offend. And it, particularly in his instance, it was people who were, I think, in the church at Corinth mm-hmm. uh, who had come out of idolatry where... Right. You know, there was a big deal to do with taking meat to the temple and offering it to the gods, mm-hmm. and then that that meat could be returned or sold or mm-hmm. eaten uh, that had been offered to gods. And Paul makes it pretty plain. And that's not a thing. Those gods are just made of wood or mm-hmm. gold, and they neither received it nor rejected mm-hmm. it. It's not. Any, but right. because it because it does have some influence over these people who were so touched by that. So how insensitive it would be to, you know, offer a glass of wine to a person who was saved out of alcoholism. Mm-hmm, right. and that would be wrong to do. Or a person who has struggled with weight all of their life mm-hmm. and keep pushing, you know, banana pudding under their nose. Right, right. And, you know, th- there's places where we are being insensitive. While it may be okay for us, in that instance, mm-hmm. in that environment, it's a no. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's a detail. I mean, that's getting down to what you eat in the evenings, right? Yeah, nitty-gritty. Nitty-gritty I mean, stuff. It, it really, really is. But it's really, as you said earlier, it's living up to a principle. It is. It's it a, is. Where yeah. other people are more important than yourself, quite honestly. Right, exactly. Where to put others, yeah. that's what the Bible says, mm-hmm. that we're to treat our neighbors as we'd like to be treated mm-hmm. ourselves. So uh, treating others is a very important principle in Christianity and mm-hmm. So in that, but then there are instances where things that would be prohibited in one place would not be prohibited in another because the same environment wouldn't exist. Right, and and then we have to look at that other passage that you and I had talked to before we started recording, and that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's and right. So, there, yeah. that gets into a lot about our nutrition, right? Yes, I it mean, does. Uh, it does. I, I think about it all the time, particularly when I was in full time ministry and just running my head off, you know, just mm-hmm. having to be one place to another, this meeting and to that appointment. <clears throat> and uh, oftentimes we just have to run and get something to eat. Well, the fastest thing to eat, by golly, is fast food. It is. And fast food is almost always fried. Right. And it's got a lot of calories. It's mm-hmm. got a lot of um, breading mm-hmm. and that sort of, a lot of flavor. Mm-hmm. You know, right? <laughs> yeah. I love me some French fries right, right, now. Right. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, man, I just, I had to stop and go, I gotta stop this. I'm eating 25 hamburgers a week and yeah. 10 things of fries. So I started making conscious decisions to go eat a salad. Mm-hmm. You know, have a salad place. Right. So I'm telling you, fast food restaurant salads are not good. No, no, they're not. <laughs> that no, is not, not their specialty. Right, right. And I know they said this salad didn't exist this morning at one of those particular places, and maybe it didn't. But that was not a master chef who put that <laughs> salad together for me when I came through. Chewy chicken, cold right. chewy chicken, oh, and yeah. stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's not that good. But it was a conscious decision because I saw that things were getting. Out of hand. So I do think that God is in the details when it comes to uh, how we eat, and I'm and I'm convicted about it a lot. Even now, the you know what I eat, when I eat, how much sugar intake Mm -hmm. I have. But I've really always had problems with fried foods. Sugar is not a problem with me. I could Mm -hmm. I could live a good long time without sugar, and I know that's not true with a lot of people. But son, fried food, fried chicken. Oh my goodness! Uh, I love pizza. Oh, I yeah. love yes. pizza, yes. and there's just foods that aren't good for you that are very appealing to mm-hmm. me. And there are times when I'm convicted as to what I'm eating. I do believe God disapproves of it because I'm not treating my body mm-hmm. well, and my body's a gift from God. Well, we both also pastored uh, Baptist churches, you know. And boy, I tell you what, those meals, oh my soul, Same. you know, the, the, what are the covered dish? Yeah, the covered oh, dish. Love, yeah, I love covered dish. Yeah. <laughs> I love covered dish. I got dish. to the point where I wanted to know who cooked it. 
because I went into a few of those homes. I'm thinking, who cooked this uh, green bean casserole right here? <laughs> I got a little picky. Uh, yes. But even being picky, there's plenty to choose right. from. Oh, yeah. Right? Definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, <laughs> I remember preaching a lot of revivals on that Sunday morning. Covered dish, you yep. know, yeah, and uh, yeah, that, that's exciting. The men love to have fish fries. Yeah, we used to have fish fries, son. Yes. Best fish, mm-hmm. no place you could get it. Yeah. And it was just big old hush puppies, mm-hmm. big old slices of taters, right. and some big fish crappie from the, uh, from the lake, or get you some red snapper from the Gulf, yes. and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it was delicious, and right. it happened often enough to where mm-hmm. you know felt a little guilty about yeah, it definitely, sometimes. Definitely. So there are people out there I know. Does God care about our diet? I would just have to say, uh, yeah. I think he does. You know, I think we need to run to the book of Daniel a lot. I mean, he had vegetables and water, basically. Yeah, you know? and, and got healthier uh, than all the other people eating from the king's yep, table. That's right. That's exactly right. What do you uh, think the king was eating? Oh, boy. Don't you know he had some good stuff? Uh, yes, I, he did. That was, a, that was a major decision to make right, right there. Yeah. Yeah, I saw some documentaries where Dr. D, uh, they would have peacocks or big exotic birds that would pull little carts on tables and, and pull the meat up to you so you could, oh. Oh, my yeah, goodness. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, you don't get that. At I wonder if Dicks. there's ever a peacock pulling a peacock. <laughs> <laughs> I've never eaten a peacock. <laughs> no, I bet they did. Oh, ah, okay. I bet they did. I, I mean, they're like in the turkey family, right? Yeah. And I love turkey. Double, double. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it sound, that, that kind of sounds like it's out of Las Vegas, doesn't it? I it mean, does. you sit down and here comes a yes. peacock bringing, you yeah. know, pheasant right. into right. your place or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it became uh, really um, indulgent mm-hmm. in the way it was. It was totally about the flesh. Yes. You know, and, yes. and that, that was true only for the people who were wealthy, though, because, mm-hmm. you know, subsistence living and just people trying to get by for, for generations have been... That's been the case. I mean, you ate what you had. You didn't have right. to worry about getting fat. Yeah. Because if your whole family had all that you had, you'd probably still not get fat, right? Yeah. And let's be honest. I mean, it's a lot cheaper to go through and get a burger and fries and a, and a drink as opposed to. Uh, a lot of people yeah. who are underprivileged as far right. as their income and their living circumstances are large people. Mm-hmm. And that's it's not because they eat too much. They don't. But they eat poorly. Because the food that they can afford to buy is not good, nutritious food, but mm-hmm. full of calories. Mm-hmm. Very true. And very true. Uh, so you know, well, that person that they're doing fine. Well, maybe not. Their their health is very bad because they're mm-hmm. they're having to eat poorly because of their uh, diet. I remember going to school. You know, when I was a kid, they were big into the nutrition thing. Mm-hmm. That they made sure that whether it's tasty or not, you ate some stuff that was good yeah. for you. Yeah, that's true. Because it might be the only good yeah. meal that you as a child had all day long. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. You grew up kind of like I did, so I did. oftentimes <laughs> it was the only good meal that we had all day long. What about things like you know? Uh, you're not into this. I am, and mm. I've I've my I had a saying all those years: uh, too many cars, not enough time. Yeah, you know, I've always enjoyed. We're sitting here now with a, a classic motorcycle next to us, mm-hmm. and uh, I've also got a. A boat sitting out there and a truck. And I've loved things that run. I just, that's always been Anything something. with an engine. Anything with an engine. If I could afford a plane, I'd own a plane. <laughs> you know, and so that's just, right. uh, I got a tractor, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff yeah. now. So I love those sorts of things. And, and I, I do believe I have bought too many of them. I am convicted that I've bought too many of them over the years. I probably could have spent my money in a wiser way helping other people. But uh, it's past now. I'm trying to do better. Now, but when you go into a car lot, and I mean, you have done that in 20 years, but the last time, (laughs) 
you know, you know, Brother T when he pulls out because he got a a rare vintage Ford. <laughs> hey, it purrs like a kitten. I it. know, man. Yeah, I mean, purrs. you be the best spokesman for Ford. I yes, know that, that yes. little four cylinder engine yeah. in that thing. <laughs> Two hundred and sixty or seventy thousand miles. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, that it, is and, incredible. Yeah, I've been to the moon and back. Yes, you have. Yeah, I have literally. <laughs> I think it's two hundred thirty-eight thousand to the moon. Wow. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. you you've obviously taken care of your automobile, uh, and that is a yeah. better. That is a more frugal, mm-hmm. better way to live when it comes to right. finances. So I, you need to answer that one. Do you pray about the cars you buy? I came to the place where uh, I would never buy a car that I could not afford. Mm-hmm. And I would never buy a car that payments were such as to where I would not also be willing to. I mean, this was a conscious decision I made that I would not be willing to take that same amount of money and give it away if I needed to. Mm-hmm. And also, I would always put 20% down on a car, even when they would offer 100% financing. Right. I would always give put 20% down, and I'd always say, take that 20% and give it toward something. Mm. That's very so good. I had to limit myself. Right. Because else, I would be, I literally would be on the internet or a car lot weekly. Yeah, you, and you've had some nice rides. I had some nice rides. Oh, wow. Yeah, and one of the reasons why they disappeared so quickly is that I'm, I had it, enjoyed it, mm-hmm. but there's another one out there yeah. that I want to have and enjoy as well. And I didn't stack them; I didn't put you know a garage full of them. Right. But probably financially, it was not the best thing to do. And, mm-hmm. and again, I admit that that I've not done that. So uh, while I had principles as to what I bought, I could have driven much nicer cars. Right. My salary afforded the fact that I could have mm-hmm. driven a much nicer car. I would not do that because right. I wasn't willing mm-hmm. also to give that much you know, to some charity or something else because I'd set those mm-hmm. principles. And they helped limit what I did. Um, but I probably should have prayed about it more. Mm-hmm. My, a lot of my buying was much more impulsive right. than it was led by the Spirit. I guess, I guess in that way, I'm a little closer to God than you are. You yeah. are much closer. <laughs> You're sitting right there. I am on the outskirts, sitting in the nosebleed section of God's stadium. Yeah, God just keeps saying no to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were listening. He said no to me, too, and I didn't listen. <laughs> that convertible you had. Oh, yeah, I, you oh, know, I've been thinking yeah. about that. I need yeah. to get another one of those back. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. You need to pray about uh, well, I got to sell two things to get it back. I told my <laughs> wife I'm gonna sell the beautiful classic right there that oh, I've got. Wow. I'm not driving it; I'm just looking at it. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and do you drive a motorcycle or do you ride a motorcycle? You ride. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You ride on a motorcycle. Okay. And I have another one, you know, that I do ride mm-hmm. on. But I think I'm gonna get rid of them both and, and buy a car like that back again. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm not going to get on the back of your no, but motorcycle, you might get in the. But I would get in the convertible. We get in that convertible. Yeah, again. it was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Well, when I get it, we'll tell our listeners okay. when we got. <laughs> what about where we eat? Um, is that important? That hey, honey, let's go to dinner tonight. It, do you ever really consider that kind of detail? Because there are people who do. Yeah. No, I, I don't. Uh, to be very honest, I don't pray about where we go eat. You know, we jump in the car and we go somewhere and pull up. Usually, Daniel Scooter is in the yeah. back seat, and if we can't, you know, agree on where we're going. Uh, he always has an idea. Chick fil A. Uh, oh yeah, it's a pleasure to serve you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know he like I've told you before, Doctor D. He cannot read really. Daniel can't. Right. Uh, he has Down syndrome, um, but he can read every restaurant sign. Uh, he recognizes so he the recognizes, format of the sign. Yes. Oh, Charlie's. You yeah. know. Uh, Texas Roadhouse. Yeah. He knows every sign. Yeah. And he has an idea every day of what he would like. You know, mm-hmm. if we're going out. And uh, but I think again, it's just the principle of the thing. I don't 
uh, we don't pray about that. Do you? No, uh, but there is a principle that I've prayed about that we follow, and because right. I'm a very frugal person, it doesn't yes. sound like it when it comes to automobiles and things. Mm-hmm. But day to day living, I'm very frugal, and so my wife and I pretty much we we made a date night when we first entered into ministry. Mm-hmm. We didn't do it b- before then, but when I entered full time ministry, I did. I knew that that job could take over our life. Yeah, and so I made a I said we have one night a week date night mm-hmm. that we're going to go eat. And then we decided out of that it would not always it would have to be a nice restaurant. Mm-hmm. Nice restaurants would end up being a treat. Yes. When we went to those, so I mean, it was it was not uncommon for us to pull through for those people who live in this area, crystals, right. white castles, other places, you know, yeah, yeah. and and get a bag of crystals and mm-hmm. and park somewhere and sit down talk and eat. Mm-hmm. That was a date because it was getting away from things. Yeah. Tried not to talk work, shop talk, and that sort of thing, and mm-hmm. do that. So there was a principle in that we are not always going to go to nice restaurants. Yes, yes. That's not what is uh, what we can say is a good date. Mm-hmm. The date was just getting away and being with each other sure. and eating. And then even today, where a lot of people eat at restaurants a lot, we don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to cook, and my wife does cook. I don't know that she loves to cook because right. she's done so much of it. But I love to cook, so a couple nights a week, I'll you know take care of the dinner mm. and, and make something. And you know, I can make garlic butter shrimp. And, you know, there's sure. a really good angel hair pasta thing that I've learned mm-hmm. to do. I love to make homemade pizzas, okay. that kind of thing. So there are dishes that I really like to do, and uh, she doesn't necessarily like to do those. And mm-hmm. so we do this at home. So uh, yeah, I, while there is not oh. Let's sit down here, honey, and not until the Lord says Red Lobster or yeah. you know Golden Corral. Mm-hmm. We, we're not going to leave this place. Yes, We've again. never done that. And the reason I'm talking about it is because, and I know that there are people who do that. Mm-hmm. They go to, you know, what nail salon am I going to go to mm-hmm. to get this done? They they believe that God is, you know, over all of that. That there's no personal freedom in the things that we do, even the places where we vacation. Mm-hmm. The vacations came. Based upon what we could afford, we set a budget out. This is the budget for, and if we want to go to a really nice place, then we plan it three years in advance. Sure, right, right. You know, right. you say, okay, we're going to go on a small vacation this year, mm-hmm. small one, so that we can go to the big one mm-hmm. next year and do that sort of thing. And I do think God is concerned with how you use the resources that he's given you. Yeah. But that could be, okay, we're going to go to Hawaii or we're going to go to Disney or we're going to go on a long you know, road trip and, and do all these different things mm-hmm. this year where we're not going to do them other years. Yeah. Where's the nicest place you've ever been? With my family. Yes, with your family. We stayed in a very nice hotel in Disney World for a week. Mm. And we got the meal plan and right. there was about seven of us. Yeah, and wow. um, that was the most expensive thing I've ever done. Okay, as well as probably the most enjoyable thing that we ever did. We also used to rent a home on Hilton Head. Okay, okay. and stay there for a week. That's that's kind of nice. But yeah. my wife is not much into traveling. Mm-hmm. She just seems to be at home as anywhere, mm-hmm. and I'm the traveler. So. Right. In my life, I've traveled, and I still have places I want to go that she probably won't go to go. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going to Ireland. Yeah, she doesn't yeah. care anything about going to Ireland, right? right? But so together, it's pretty, you know, it's, it, we've flown to New York and mm-hmm. spent a few days in New York. Mm-hmm. She loved that. We went on a retreat in Cancun mm. one time. Uh, it was okay. I'm not a huge Cancun person, right. yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, beer bongs don't do anything for right. me. And exactly. so I don't care that much <laughs> about them. But, yeah, what about you? Uh, I guess Maui. 
Yeah. You know, we, uh, 35th anniversary, um, we had saved and saved and saved. It was about 10 years ago. Uh, <laughs> it was about two years ago. <laughs> and we went to Maui. Had a blast. Had a blast. Awesome. But to be honest with you, I mean, uh, that I mean that was probably the f- most fun and exotic place that we've been. Yeah. Uh, we've been a lot, like you, around the world. I mean, we've been at a lot of different places. Yeah. Um, but I love Gatlinburg. I mean, I love Pigeon. We do, too. Yeah. We, we do that yeah. two or three times a year. Yes. We'll just head yes. off up there and spend a night or right. two. Just and relax. Yeah, go to the Apple Barn. Go to the Apple Barn, yeah. son. Oh, go my to goodness. Apple Barn. Yeah. Breakfast or evening. Yeah. Both are good. Yeah, of course, we pray about it. Yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. I pray afterwards. Exactly. Forgiveness. <laughs> I just think, I really think, and I've used this word a couple of times, but it's the principle of the thing. Absolutely. I you believe know, that's true. Uh, God wants us to rest. You know, we need yeah. to rest. Yeah. And, uh, but um, vacations, as far as I can see, are not really mentioned in the Bible, right. but rest is. Yeah. And so if you can rest um, in Gatlinburg or if you can rest in your home, I mean, yeah. just rest. I think, I think you know, because we're getting near the end of the podcast, I, I think that probably is the word I want to share with people. If they want to pray, I, I think Scripture says, don't worry, pray. Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, if it's something that's causing you concern, mm-hmm. then certainly pray about it and seek God's uh, direction in it. But I, here's what I would do, and, and I did this for my life. I, I would sit down and pray about principles and parameters right. and live my life according to mm-hmm. those parameters. And therefore, when you come up to something, it's, it's like, okay, I've, you know, we've already talked about this. Yeah. I yeah. know this is fine mm-hmm. to go here. But then if the Spirit of God, which I believe He does, mm-hmm. would prohibit me for whatever it might be, safety reasons or testimonial mm-hmm. reasons or whatever it might be, uh, you know, if if you feel like wow for some reason I'm you know I don't necessarily know the reason but mm-hmm. this doesn't seem right this year or tonight right. we probably don't need to go there we need to go, then I'd be sensitive uh, mm-hmm. to the spirits leading right not necessarily praying about exactly where to go but if he prohibits mm. you know Paul talked about that he had some great things in mind he was going to go all through Asia Minor and mm-hmm. preach and establish churches but on two or three occasions it would go so he was but the spirit would not permit me to go right. Right. He would redirect his mm-hmm. steps. And so that's how he lived his life. He had mm-hmm. goals and money and parameters to live by. But if there were specific prohibitions that he was given, he just wouldn't do it. So we just need to be sensitive to the Spirit. Yep. You're, you're one of the best, if not the best, that I've ever seen at having those goals, those directives, yeah. plans, you know. And and uh, I've also seen in your life that sensitivity to the spirit, mm-hmm. you know, and and so I've learned a lot by just observing that. Yeah, approach, it's it know? that has been a, just a hallmark of ministry as well as my life. I just, mm-hmm. I you know, I pray about goals and set those right. goals, and uh, you know, I have a a sermon where I talk about when. Uh, the dreams were being given to, mm. to Joseph. Mm-hmm. And uh, people wonder why Joseph would announce those dreams because mm-hmm. obviously going to get him in hot water with yeah. his family. Uh, but the, the statement is, if the dreams are given by God, they're too big to keep to yourself. That's good. That's right? Good. If they're right. your own dreams, yeah. keep them to yourself. But if they're God-given dreams, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're too big to keep to yourself. You have to share with others because then God will be glorified at the fulfillment of that dream. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. It, it's, like, it's almost a prophetic thing yeah. that goes on that God wants the glory out of. And so there have been times when I would stand in a pulpit and say, this is where God's leading us. Mm-hmm. And, and let the people watch us go there. And there's other times when I'd say, this is where I thought we were going, mm-hmm. but I was wrong. God's mm-hmm. not leading that way. We're going to stop that thing right now. And you you tend to take a little flack for doing things like that. I agree. That. I agree. I know we're at, right at the end of this, yeah. but I just want to know about the tip. You, you said this, <laughs> yeah. I love that we, we don't want to miss this one, No, do we? I don't. One of the questions yeah. is, 
uh, when we tip or choose not to, is God concerned? Yeah. Uh, because he, you know why? Notorious believers, uh, uh, servers, mm-hmm. do not want to work on Sunday afternoons. They do not. They do not. Right. And that's probably the worst testimonial time right. ever for the church of the living God. It, and, and especially if you leave a tract or, Ooh, or something that, like that. That looks like yeah. a $5 <laughs> bill on the outside, <laughs> but it's the plan of salvation oh, on the inside. And then leave nothing else. Yeah, that, that, that gets all over. Uh-huh. And uh, I for that reason, mm-hmm. if you're going to enter into that arena and you right. are going to go where people are making very poor hourly wages yes. and expect service from them as a believer, mm-hmm. I think you should treat them the way that you want to be treated. Yes. And you need a tip yeah. and you don't need to give 5% or lay no. a buck down. Right. And I'll tell you what that will do. If that bothers you, then let that prohibit you from going. Yes. Without a doubt, you know, drive yeah. go through a drive through. Those people mm-hmm. are making minimum wage or whatever. Right. They're, they're not expecting tips. Mm-hmm. But if you're sit, going to a sit down restaurant mm-hmm. um, and you fold your hands in prayer at the beginning of that thing, they're watching uh-huh. you. Uh-huh. They are watching you. Yes, and you need. I, I can give you examples of being there and halfway through the meal, learning that that guy that serves us is a member of our church. Mm. That's happened on more than one occasion. You mean you didn't know? I did not know at the beginning of the meeting. No, I did not. And they did not announce it either. And then that's uh, a mega church pastor talking right there. Yeah. Okay. So you you know at the end of that meal that I've got to give a good tip. Not that I wouldn't have, but now I'm reminded Mm. how important that is. And it's so funny. We would go back to that same restaurant. I could tell you what restaurant it was. And my wife would smile like, you know, <laughs> we don't know how many of these people in here are members of our church. Oh, so you know what that means. Yeah. And I said, yeah, that means you're getting water. <laughs> <laughs> Generosity is important. It's so important. Yeah, and, and labor deserves his wages. Yeah. And uh, and so I think I, I think God is concerned. I know he is. I do that too. We, that we tip. And so here's the deal. You always have the option. If you if you're a tightwad and I am frugal, mm-hmm. uh, but I understand how important that is. If if that really bothers you, stay home or go to a place where tips aren't right. required or expected. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to a place where tips are expected and you're going to fold your hands in prayer before the service, or hold hands across the table and pray right. out loud, and ask that uh, dear server. You know, we're about to pray. Is there something you'd like for us to pray about? Mm-hmm. If you're going to go that far, which I commend you for doing, that's right. wonderful. If you're sure. being sincere about that, uh, then when it comes time to be given that tip, you, you give a generous tip. Definitely, definitely. Uh, and again, yeah. if you can't afford it, don't go there. Exactly. But I think if you can, that is so important. And I and I expect to be hearing a great big amen out of all the servers who listen to this podcast Without right now. Yes. You know, they want that to be said. Without a doubt. So God, in the details, yeah, mm-hmm. but, but some of those details, those parameters can be set early as to where you don't need to be spending time specifically praying about those things. The Bible does say that you pray about those things that you're concerned about or want to worry about mm-hmm. and, and do that. But I mean, if you if God's leading your life and those parameters have been set early, uh, you don't have to stop and ask, God, do I pull into that parking spot right. or that parking spot? Again, many times it's the principle of the matter. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, God's in the details, but he may have directed your path long ago. Yes, indeed. I agree. Good talking to you, brother, too. I tell you, I've enjoyed it. Yeah, it's good stuff. I hope it helps folks. And I know people listen to this while they're walking and driving and that sort of thing. Hey, don't trip or run into a ditch. (laughs) God bless you. I'll talk to you next time.